98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The government says Taipei left it no choice but to close its Taiwan office. Public sector workers hired on non-civil service terms have three weeks to sign a new oath. And Cathay Pacific warns that pilots and cabin crew may soon need proof of vaccination if they want to keep flying. The Hong Kong government says it had to shut down its office in Taiwan because of Taipei's gross interference in, the S- in SAR's affairs. Hong Kong also says that's aimed to protect the security of staff there. Damon Pang reports. Authorities announced the closing of the Hong Kong Economic Trade and Cultural Office in Taiwan on Tuesday, with the SAR government initially tight-lipped about the reason behind the move. It would only say the decision was not related to a recent COVID-19 outbreak in Taiwan. But the SR government has now launched a scathing attack on Taipei, saying its actions in recent years have created irretrievable damage to relations. It says Taiwan established organizations that offer assistance to violent protesters and people who try to shatter Hong Kong's prosperity and stability. The SL government says the provocative launching of these bodies, the Hong Kong Aid Project and the Taiwan Hong Kong Office for Exchanges and Services, are inconsistent with the goals of promoting exchanges and cooperation between Hong Kong and Taiwan. It expresses its utmost regret about Taiwan's actions. It claims that staff members of the office in Taiwan have been threatened by radicals there, and recent actions have made things uncertain for staff and limited opportunities to promote exchanges. It says that since the office couldn't fulfill its original purpose and in order to protect the safety and rights of staff members, they took the decision to temporarily suspend operations. Staff have already returned to Hong Kong. The government says they'll closely monitor the situation and consider the way forward. It says it'll continue to handle all matters related to relations with Taiwan, according to the basic law and the One China Principle. Government staff hired on non-civil service terms will have three weeks to sign a declaration to uphold the basic law and pledge allegiance to the SAR. But as Richard Pine reports, one union warned that could deter people from taking up certain public sector positions. The Civil Service Bureau says those who refuse to return a signed declaration before the deadline could face the sack. The Bureau says that would reflect the staff's refusal to comply with Article 6 of the National Security Law and a serious lack of commitment to adhere to the core values of government employees. Officials said while the staff member will have an opportunity to give an explanation, they will also consider if the contract should be terminated. The chairman of the Federation of Civil Service Unions, Lung Chaoting, said non-civil service staff usually fill temporary or urgent positions. He told RTHK he's worried that the declaration requirement would deter some people from taking up or staying in these positions and that authorities could consider increasing their pay to give them an incentive to stay. The latest move comes after the city's 180,000-strong civil service was made to sign a similar declaration earlier this year. Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nipp said earlier the government would terminate the contracts of around 130 civil servants who had refused to sign. Cathay Pacific says it may soon become a prerequisite for all for its pilots and cabin crews to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to keep on flying. In an internal memo to staff, the airline cited the difficulty of rostering unvaccinated crew in future as it expects more stringent requirements. Arkham Zerny, an associate professor from the Polytechnic University's Department of Logistics, says it's a global trend for flight crews to get COVID jabs. Of course, all the airlines, they want their crews to be vaccinated 
you know, because the pandemic, so to say, affects the aviation uh, industry very strongly. There are all these travel restrictions, quarantine requirements, which make airline operations very difficult. And then getting the vaccinations and the crews vaccinated is, of course, a step that helps getting over the, all these restrictions and is important for the airline industry to recover. So, yes, definitely there is a global trend for air crews to become vaccinated. The World Health Organization says the number of coronavirus-related deaths is likely to be two or three times higher than the current official figure, which stands at 3.4 million. Here's the BBC's Imogen Folks. At the start of the pandemic, many people died without ever being diagnosed. As the virus surged, health services struggled to care for the ill. Recording every precise cause of death was not such a priority. Then there are related causes. People who avoided health centres for fear of infection and died of preventable illness. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Health authorities have issued a mandatory testing order for the Costco Inn in Kennedy Town after a woman who stayed there tested positive for coronavirus. Richard Pine has details. The 18-year-old Hong Kong woman stayed at the hotel before going to Shenzhen earlier this month and tested positive for COVID-19 there on Wednesday. The Centre for Health Protection says all those who've stayed at the hotel for more than two hours over the past few weeks will be required to undergo tests. On Thursday, a compulsory testing order was also ordered for Tower 1 of the Belchers at Pok Fulam after it was revealed that the woman had also resided there. It's not yet known where she might have caught the virus. Meanwhile, the territory saw one imported coronavirus case involving a woman who flew in from Indonesia. There are fewer than five preliminary positive cases. The University of Science and Technology says students and staff who can't be vaccinated against COVID-19 for health reasons will need to submit to regular tests, but it stopped short of spelling out how it would deal with those who choose not to be inoculated. Violet Wong reports. In a letter, University President Wei Shi and other members of the institution's management team call on students and faculty members to get vaccinated so that normal teaching can resume after the summer holidays in September. While the university encouraged students, staff and contractors to get vaccinated, it doesn't explicitly say whether those who don't could be barred from entering the campus. It only says that regular negative test results will be required of those who cannot be vaccinated for medical reasons, and as that details of the testing and reporting requirement will be announced later. Rachel Lowe, who has the university's professional student union, says they do not support the move, as some students are worried about possible side effects of the jabs. She says it feels like the university is forcing them to be vaccinated. Some people like died after taking the vaccine that uh, they and I, not everyone will be comfortable to take the vaccination. It's actually kind of a way like they want us to do the vaccination. Chinese University recently announced that students staying in dormitories in the next academic year will need to be vaccinated or they will be tested every two weeks. The Hong Kong government's vaccination program involving the mainland-made Sinovac jab and Germany's BioNTech vaccine is voluntary. Both the University of Hong Kong and Lingnan University say students living in its dormitories who haven't been vaccinated will be subject to regular mandatory COVID testing. An expert advising the government on vaccines says if it decides to allow children to get COVID-19 jabs, it should also consider letting schools resume full-day in-person classes. Maggie Ho has more. 
The government says it will consider providing jabs for under-16s if it's proven to be scientifically safe to do so, and it's seeking information on this from the manufacturer of one of the two jabs available in the territory beyond tech. Lao Yulong, who chairs the Department of Health's Scientific Committee on Vaccine-Preventable Diseases, says schools should go back to normal from the current half-day classes if many of their pupils are fully vaccinated. One can even consider exempting the vaccinated students from wearing masks, but those not vaccinated have to wear one. But it can be done only for schools in which 70 to 80 percent or 60 to 70 percent of the students are vaccinated. Schools that don't have 70 to 80 percent vaccination rates should still hold half-day classes, and everyone must wear a mask, he said. Mr. Lau is also the chair professor of pediatrics at the University of Hong Kong and is leading a team studying how effective COVID jabs are among children. He says around 30 under-16s have already had a dose of BioNTech as part of their research, and around the same number are scheduled to take the Sinovac jab next Sunday. He says his team is recruiting more youngsters to take part, and he's confident they'll find COVID vaccines are just as effective for children as they are for adults. Mr. Lau said he's hoping his study will help boost people's confidence in the jabs. Ledgeco's Rule Committee has officially proposed a new requirement for lawmakers to dress up for council meetings, with anyone found to be too scruffy at risk of being shown the door. Damon Pang has more. Sportswear will be out, no jeans allowed, and anyone caught wearing a pair of trainers would find themselves in trouble. If the electrical president did not like the look of what a member was wearing, he or she would be able to order them to get changed. Anyone who refused could be booted out. But a dress code would only apply to full council meetings on Wednesdays and Thursdays, with legislators presumably allowed to turn up in whatever they want at other times. Another new rule being proposed is for councillors to have their pay docked if they miss a meeting without a good reason and the proceedings are adjourned due to a lack of quorum. The Rules Committee envisages a whole day's pay being deducted. That's $3,400 at present. The Polytechnic University says it played a role in China's historic Tianwen-1 Mars mission, designing a unique camera. This meant China could collect its own high-resolution photos instead of having to rely on data from NASA and European agencies. Precision engineering professor Yong Kai Leung explains the challenges involved in designing a surveillance camera to monitor the landing and the rover's surroundings on the red planet. We have to design the lens such that it's very wide angle while at the same time very low distortion. Uh, we have to use many pieces of lens. Uh, it makes the glass very heavy as well as the material being used has to be carefully selected so that their coefficient of expansion match with each other so that when you have a very wide temperature range it will still retain the focal length so that your camera would not be blurred Chinese-Australian writer and blogger Yang Hang Jun, who's detained on the mainland on spying allegations, will go on trial next, next Thursday. Canberra is demanding access to the proceedings. A former teacher of his who's in Sydney said he's learned it would be a closed-door hearing. The trial had been due to start in January, so it's now been delayed for months. Mr Young has been de- charged with endangering national security. He was taken into custody on January 2019 after he re- arrived at Guangzhou Airport from New York. 
Overseas, and there have been clashes in Jerusalem between Palestinian worshippers and Israeli police at Al-Aqsa Mosque compound hours after Hamas and Israel agreed a ceasefire. The police reportedly used stun grenades to disperse protesters. Tensions had been rising at Al-Aqsa, also revered by Jews as the Temple Mount, before the fighting in Gaza. The BBC's Yolanda Nell is in Jerusalem. Palestinian mosques hailed what was described as a victory at Friday prayers, while Israel has boasted of eliminating an important part of the command echelon of Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Gaza. But for ordinary people on both sides, claims of achievements are being met with scepticism. This lunchtime saw renewed confrontations, although on a small scale, between Israeli security forces and Palestinian worshippers outside Jerusalem's Al-Aqsa Mosque, where tensions that fueled the latest fighting began. Cairo is now sending security officials to Tel Aviv and Gaza, while the US has promised humanitarian assistance for Gaza. Sport now, and for a preview of this weekend's Premier League action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. It's the final weekend of the Premier League season, and it's all about who will secure the final two places in next season's Champions League. Only the top four qualify for European football's biggest competition, and while champions Manchester City and second-placed Manchester United have claimed the top two spots, third and fourth place are still up for grabs. The favourites are Chelsea and Liverpool because they have their destiny in their own hands. But FA Cup winners Leicester City are in fifth place and they'll be hoping one of them slips up. Third place Chelsea travel to Aston Villa who are full of confidence after beating Tottenham away from home in midweek. But Chelsea fans will feel they should get the job done. Thomas Tuchel's side were excellent in their crucial 2-1 win against Leicester last Tuesday. Liverpool know one more win will almost certainly secure Champions League football and there'll be fans at Anfield for the first time since December when they take on Crystal Palace. It'll be Roy Hodgson's final game as Palace manager. As for Leicester, they have to beat out-of-form Tottenham and hope Liverpool or Chelsea drop points. All eyes will be on Tottenham striker Harry Kane after reports that he wants to leave the club before the start of next season. Those are some of the big games to look forward to this weekend. And Harry Kane hinted at a move to Manchester City as speculation mounts over his future. He called the champion star midfielder Kevin De Bruyne a striker's dream. Kane has reportedly told Spurs he wants to leave at the end of the season. He's been linked with City, Manchester United and Chelsea, but he's now raised the prospect of a move to Pep Guardiola's title winners. And Tokyo's Olympic chief has promised to cut down on the number of people who travel to Japan for the Summer Olympics. He acknowledged that more must be done to reassure the Japanese public about safety. Seiko Hashimoto said around 78,000 people would be allowed to travel into Japan for the Games that begin in two months' time. That's down from 180,000. Today, Japan's coronavirus state of emergency was widened to include a 10th prefecture, Okinawa. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The government says Taipei left it no choice but to close its Taiwan office. Public sector workers hired on non-civil service terms have weeks to sign a new oath. And Cathay Pacific warns that pilots and cabin crew may soon need proof of vaccination if they want to keep flying. The news from RTHK. Yeah. Hey.
it so far away I long for your lips To kiss my lips But just when I think they continues then we head back to the 1960s billy fury at one time he equaled the beatles record of 24 hits in the 60s spending 330 odd weeks in the uk chart but he never had a number one billy fury halfway to paradise like a song it's radio pete at gmail this one now from sandy shore I walk along the city streets you used to walk along with me And every step I take recalls how much in love we used to be Oh, how can I forget you When there is always something left to remind me When shadows fall, I pass a small cafe where we would dance at night. And I can't help recalling how it felt to kiss and hold you tight. Oh, how can I forget you? Oh, 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 oh. 